Good morning, everyone. Kevin here from Skywatcher, and welcome to another episode of the Skywatcher What's Up webcast. We do this every Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific, right here at the Skywatcher USA YouTube channel. We cover everything from what's up in the nighttime sky to equipment to helpful tips and tricks. And of course, at the end of the month, we have a special guest uh, on to talk about their specialty in the field of astronomy. Uh, real quick, I'd like to thank all the women who were uh, joining us last month for Women's History Month. Um, the ladies from Stella, Ashley from Astro Backyard, and of course, Jess Rodriguez from Mount Wilson Observatory joining us last week. Um, it was great to have all of them on and hopefully we'll have them all on again. Um, but it's April now. I don't know where the year is going. We're four months into the year already. Um, and we've got, we've actually just booked all of the up and coming episodes all the way pretty much through the summer, um, at this point for the what's up webcast. So stay tuned for all of that. We've got lots of cool episodes planned, some special guests that are coming in, um, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, I would like to let everybody know that next week um, is going to be a pre-recorded episode. That'll be Friday the 14th um, because we will be at NEEF. Um, for those of you who don't know what NEEF is, NEEF is the Northeast Astronomy Forum. Can I actually bring it up real quick? Let me see. Should have had this planned already. There we go. Um, we will be at NEEF uh, next week. Uh, we will also be at NEAC, which is the imaging portion ahead of NEEF on Thursday and Friday. We will be there. And then, of course, Saturday and Sunday, you can come see our display um, at NEEF with all of our team there as well. We're going to have all of our cool new stuff on display. The CQ350, Star Adventure GTI, Virtuoso GTI, the Evolux, Quattro 150, and, of course, the spread of a lot of our other equipment. Um, but this is the first time we'll be back in three years because of COVID and all that fun stuff. So that's done and we're heading out to New York uh, next week. So we're looking forward to seeing all of you again and all of our vendor friends as well. So if you are in the area, stop by, say hi. Um, and uh, yeah, that's where we'll be. So next week is going to be a pre-recorded episode. Um, I will let you know there's probably going to be a few pre-recorded episodes over the next couple months. Um, mainly because we're really busy. Uh, we're at NEEF, of course, next week. We'll be at Texas Star Party the following month. I'll be at Grand Canyon Star Party in June. There's all kinds of stuff that's going on. So a lot of, we're going to have some episodes that will be pre-recorded. So a new episode will be airing each week as normal. It just won't be live and we'll let you know. Um, but yes, so uh, we will see you at NEEF. Hopefully some of you will be there. Say hi, come see the new stuff that's coming out and we'll have a good old fun little time um right after that if you're looking for something cool to go with your skywatcher product if you need some swag uh, go over to skywatcher.threadless.com and you can pick up some really cool swag that we have there i've got some notebooks going on all kinds of stuff so uh, thank you for everyone who supported skywatcher through the threadless store we appreciate it hopefully enjoying your cool stuff um so yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. Uh, but it is the first of the month, so we're talking April nights, guys. Um, if you like what you see here, please go ahead and subscribe. Uh, leave a like on a video. It lets us know we're doing a good job, that we should keep doing it. Um, if you have an idea for a future What's Up webcast episode, please go ahead and email us at info at skywatcherusa.com and let us know what you'd like us to do a video on. Um, and we'll try to get it into the queue. It does take a few months for that to come into the queue, however, because we do plan in quarters uh, for this series. 
if you want to see what's coming up, if you want to be involved in Skywatch, you want to see if there's cool sales coming out, uh, go over to skywatchusa.com, go up at the top and hit subscribe and save, and that will put you on our email list that so keeps you up to date with what the topic is for Skywatchers uh, webcast, and of course other cool things that we send out monthly. So that's what we've got going on there. Okay, let's get started. So the bright object of course, in the nighttime sky is the moon. It's something that many of us need to work our schedules around if we're going to go out to some dark sky spot or maybe you're trying to shoot some elusive faint object. Um, the new moon for the month is April 19th. Uh, that puts our dark sky weekend at the 21st and the 22nd, so kind of towards the middle of the month, a little bit more towards the end. Um, I'm sure you'll be going out uh, here soon. Uh, full moon, of course, we just passed the full moon that was on april 5th um and that was the pink moon um and i didn't fix this it's not pink because of heavy snowfall it's pink because of a certain type of flower that blooms this time of year uh so disregard that i apologize about that uh, but yeah it is the pink moon it has already passed it was not actually pink as i'm sure you saw it's just because of the flowers that bloom this time of year for spring because um, it is officially spring now uh, winter is over and uh, we are on to new pastures at this point uh planets uh planets right now are getting pretty sparse um we're pretty much done with planet season for the early part of the year we'll get them back in the later part of the evening or the early morning hours if you're early ugh, early morning riser um so this is set for way too early in the morning right now boop, 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 boop. okay there we go seven o'clock um so right now you probably notice that we have venus shining very nice and bright out in the west when the sun goes down it's the brightest one in the sky right now so there's venus uranus is sitting down there um, in the muck at the moment so we pretty much lost that planet if you want to get a good view of that planet you can go over the james webb telescope website and see the brand new image that they just released of the planet uranus um, it's quite amazing but go over and check that out if you want to see a nice shot of that uh, but yeah venus is hanging out there very easy to spot jupiter and saturn are gone for the season um, you'll start getting them in the very early morning hours um, here soon but yeah, that's gone, and uh, Mars is still hanging out nice and high up in Gemini right now, but it is moving away from us, so while it is visible, it is not in a great location to get some nice views out of it, um, but go ahead, give it a shot, see what you can get out of it, your mileage may vary, um, definitely worth checking out though, and that is the planet Mars. Uh, so go up and check that out. And that pretty much wraps up a lot of the major planets at the moment. Um, you know, it's not really planet season anymore. Um, a lot of the naked eye planets are basically gone at this point. Or Mars is not ideal. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of it for planets. If you want to know what program we're using right now, it's a Stellarium. It's a free firmware, that, firmware, free software you can get online. I believe it's also an app as well and uh, it's an awesome planetarium program if you're just looking to explore the night sky and you can also control telescopes with it if you have the right setup you just go down here um anyway it's buried in here somewhere there are settings in here where you can control your telescope with it but it's kind of a cool program you can go ahead and download it and give it a shot um and that is stellarium okay 
We might finish early today. We'll see. I always say that, and then we go the whole hour. But uh, the sun, the sun right now is actually putting on quite a show. We are inching closer and closer to solar maximum. I believe that's next year for 2024, which would be awesome because we have a total solar eclipse. And we have an annular eclipse in October, October 14th. It's ticking by. It's getting closer. Um, I would say now would be the time to actually seriously get your solar filter or solar equipment together. Um, do not be that person that waits to the last minute during an eclipse or upcoming eclipses, especially two big ones here in North America back to back. Don't be that person that waited to the last minute and then get upset at the vendor that you didn't get your stuff. You've had plenty of time to figure it out. Um, so yeah, head over to like Spectrum Telescopes, get a white light filter from them or AstroZap. Uh, both of them make good stuff. Go to Lunt or Daystar, whoever, get your H-alpha filters. Now is the time to get that equipment. Do not wait till the last minute. Um, you do need proper filters to observe the sun safely. We have done episodes in the past that talk about different types of solar filters and how to be safe when observing the sun. So you can go back to those episodes and check those out if you would like. But we do have these eclipses coming up and you need to be safe when you're doing it. Um, as far as the sun goes right now, uh, you can go over here. This is what's going on today. Actually, a lot going on today. There's some really nice filaments up there. There's some active regions. There's this really cool snake-looking filament right there. There's a handful of very nice prominences. So if you have an H-alpha filter, like a Lunt 40 or maybe a PST uh, or a Quark from Daystar, whatever the case may be, um, Go out, take a view of the sun and hydrogen alpha. It's definitely worthwhile. Today looks very nice. I would go out if it wasn't so hazy. Um, but get out there and take a view at what's going on. But very nice activity going up on the sun right now. And that's pretty much how it's going to be for the next couple years, if not better. Um, because we are getting into maximum. So there's a lot of cool detail up there. This particular view that you see here is basically hydrogen alpha you need a hydrogen alpha solar filter not an imaging nighttime filter solar filter to see the sun this way um, white light will not do that white light will only work for sunspots again we have episodes that cover this and all of that um, but go over there check that out um, you go back in the past and see in our library uh, the different types of filters and learn about how to do solar observing safely but the sun is really going off right now um, if you are going to Neath next weekend, um, there's an amazing solar star party that takes place during Neath outside. Um, I believe Stephen Ramsden from Charlie Bates Solar Astronomy Project is going to be there. Um, Lunt, of course, will be showing off all their cool stuff. Daystar. Um, and then, of course, a handful of volunteers out there usually have quite an impressive display of equipment on display. Uh, for you to use and you can learn all the different types of filters in person so if you are in the northeast area and you want to know about solar filters and maybe you want to see what a calcium filter looks like or a white light filter or hydrogen alpha or what is a double stack and what the apertures do for you head over to neath next weekend check out the solar star party go outside take a view ask all the questions you want that's the best way to get interested in solar astronomy is to actually go out and get a nice spread of equipment and see what's going to work for you and your budget um, but no better place to do that than the neef solar star party next weekend so go out say hi if you're going to be in the area that's the best way to do it in my opinion 
But that's what's going up on the sun right now. It's very good. Hopefully we've got some good stuff going on next weekend just to see what's happening. Uh, meteor showers. We do have one very nice meteor shower this month, and that is the Lyrid meteor shower. That's April 22nd and 23rd. That's on the dark sky weekend as well. Um, like I said, new moon is April 19th. Our dark weekend is going to be um, like 21st, 22nd. So this meteor shower is very well placed this month. So if you happen to be out under some dark skies on that weekend, after about midnight, coming from the uh, Lyra constellation, you should be able to catch some pretty cool meteors if you're going to be in a dark spot. Uh, you'll probably get some good ones if you're in town, but it's much better in a dark sky spot. Um, far away from city lights, so you can get those fainter meteors. Uh, but it's very well placed this month uh, as far as the moon phases go. So it'll be a very nice dark uh, night sky for you to catch some very cool meteors um, for the Lyrid meteor shower. Um, and again, that peaks on April 22nd and 23rd. And very good weekend to get out and do some dark sky imaging or viewing and catch some meteors as well. Might be a good nightscape uh, opportunity as well with the Milky Way rising late in the evening. Uh, so go out, check that out. That'll be kind of cool. Um, again, April 22nd and 23rd. Uh, comets. Of course, you know, we had a really nice comet a few months ago at this point. Things have kind of quieted down at the moment, but if you want to know what's going on for comets, I like going to cometchasing.skyhound.com. Gives you all the major comets that are visible right now or could be very interesting in the near future. Um, so there's a new comet, C2023A3. Um, this was newly discovered. Um, it looks like there should be some potential in October. Um, it looks like October of 2024, this could actually get pretty interesting. So we're going to have to keep an eye on uh, C2023A3 because um, it could get pretty interesting. Um, it's really faint right now. It's a uh, magnitude 18, but it looks like the course of this comet could be very interesting um, as we move into 2024, especially the fall. So keep an eye on that one. Um, there's some other cool stuff here. There's C2020V2. That's uh, reaching perihelion uh, next month. Um, 9.5 magnitude in September. So that one looks possible. Um, pretty interesting as a telescopic object um, in the fall. And then let's see. There's some good stuff in here. So, uh, But I like this website a lot. Um, you can actually go on there and see what's, what's going to be cool. And it kind of gives you kind of a forecast if you will, of what the comets are going to be like in the near future. Uh, any word on Star Adventure or GTI will be available? Um, I know there's shipments coming in. It really just depends on where the vendors are in line with them. Um, I don't think we've gotten our big shipment of those yet. I'm not sure. I know there's we're supposed to be getting some here soon, um, but you'll have to dig around and check with your local distributors um, on that uh, deep sky targets so we're in a really interesting time of the year right now where basically all the winter is officially over but all the winter constellations are basically leaving the nighttime sky and all the spring ones are rising 
And if you wait a little bit later, all the summer stuff is starting to come up. So we're getting close to that Milky Way season. And it's probably already started if you're an early morning riser, um, getting up before dawn. You can catch the Milky Way rising like Scorpio and Sagittarius and all the good stuff that comes up uh, later in the summer. But we're in that transition period right now to where the winter uh, gems are basically leaving. And now it's galaxy season. Uh, the springtime is all about galaxies. So I'm going to pull up Stellarium right here. Um, I don't know. I know there's a way to do this. I didn't plan on doing it, but search settings, then you're somewhere. You can actually take or adjust like the darkness of where you're at. And I don't know it well enough off the top of my head to actually do this last minute so never mind um but the winter milky way is basically sitting over here and you've got canis major you've got the hunter you've got gemini um taurus all that good stuff the winter milky way is sitting over there but that's leaving that is all setting in the west at this point and now we're getting into um galaxies so now we have leo and Virgo, Coma Berenices, Canis Menactices, Ursa Major, uh, all this area right in here, we're basically looking out and away from the plane of the Milky Way. Um, in the winter and the summer, we're looking right down the plane of the Milky Way where you can see through one of the arms, whether it's the outer arms um, for the winter or into the core for the summer. Uh, but in the springtime, we're looking out and away from the Milky Way plane. Um, so now we're looking into intergalactic space at that point. So if you're into galaxies, you've got some decent aperture and some focal length. Um, now is the time to get out there and do some viewing for galaxies. And there's all kinds of stuff in the constellations of Ursa Major, Canis Venactices, Coma Berenices, and Leo and Virgo. Um, if you're into galaxies, that is basically where you just sit your telescope and look at all the little fuzzies that are in there. Um, but we still have some of our bright uh, wintertime uh, objects that are still up. So we're going to go through those really quick. And of course, the major one being M42, 1500 light years away. We've done this one for the last several months. Um, this will probably be the last month that it's in the queue. Um, but if you're into astrophotography, this is an awesome object to go out and shoot. It's got its own challenges. It works good with narrow band. It works good with color. It works good in any size telescope if you're doing visual. Um, M42 is a fantastic object to practice with because you can also blow the core out in a short exposure and then you go back and do shorter exposure. So you can learn different processing techniques by shooting this target as well. Um, but that's M42, it's pretty much a given. Um, for this time of year and this is by the end of the month it's pretty much going to be gone um, it's already right there there it's right there you guys know where it's at um, but at this point by the end of the month we're pretty much going to be gone um, with that the hunter will be out of the sky by the end of the month but now you can you can still get out there and get it before it gets too low you got like an hour or two to catch it before uh, the hunter dips too low into the evening. Of course, right next to it is IC434, the horse head. 
1,500 light years away. In dark skies, this is an awesome object in a decent sized telescope. It's a challenge though. You need an H beta filter. You could do it with a UHC, but you really want the H beta to help pop that out. Imaging, it's a walk in the park. It's easy, um, but it's a fantastic object. Very dynamic. Uh, if you're doing color, you can actually weave some hydrogen um, alpha data into this to help pop out some of that. I call these the brush strokes. They look like paintbrush strokes um, that sit up here in IC434. That detail really comes out with some H-alpha. So I would recommend adding some H-alpha data into your horse headshot if you can. But right now we're pretty much at the end of the season. You don't have much time to get on this target anymore. Um, so hopefully you're wrapping up what you've already gotten. Um, but that's IC434. Uh, the Horsehead Nebula. It's a fun one, but we're pretty much done at the end of this month or middle of the month. It's pretty much gone um, at this point. Sitting a little bit further up in the sky, up in Puppis, though, is M46 and Friends because there's some uh, little tidbits um, in this area. So this is one of my favorite open clusters and not so much because it's an open cluster. It's because there's nebulas in it and I love nebulas. Um, I like to hunt down the little planetaries. Uh, so this is a Puppis M46, uh, 5,000 light years away. In darker skies, it really pops out more with the fainter stars, especially the little planetary nebula. Um, an O3 filter or UHC will go a long way, especially if you're using like a 12-inch or larger telescope. Um, it looks pretty good. Might have to try this uh, this weekend. Tomorrow night, I will be joining the... Um, Astronomy Association of Arizona at the Buckeye Skyline Regional Park, um, which is on the west side of Phoenix. Uh, I'll have my 28-inch out there, and we'll have a fleet of other telescopes out there. Um, you're welcome to come. It's from 7 to about 9.30, and or 7.30 to 9.30 officially, but we'll, be, we'll have scopes out there. Uh, but if you're in town, you want to come out and do some viewing, we will be out at the Buckeye Skyline Regional Park tomorrow. Hopefully... I will try to get this in the 28 inch because it would look kind of cool and I have yet to try it. So that's M46 and Puppis. Um, like I said, it's an open cluster. And imaging wise, open clusters are very forgiving. Star clusters in general are very forgiving. Um, but this is a very dynamic area because it's very dense and stars. There's a lot of older stars. That's why a lot of them look orangish in color. Um, and then you have this cool little planetary nebula in there. Um, let me pop this up. Here's a bigger one. Um, but what probably a few people don't know is there's actually two planetary nebulas in the M46 region. Um, there's NGC 2438 and then there's Minkowski 1-18 and there they are. Um, so NGC 2438 is easy. In a moderate telescope, it's heavy in O3, so if you're using like a UHC filter, you can pop that out. And then even more challenging is Minofsky 1-18, um, which is just off to the side there of that. I need to try that one out and see if we can actually see it in the 28 someday. Um, or a big dob, something with aperture. But yeah, if you're shooting this, you still have got some time. The Cluster itself is pretty easy, but a little bit darker skies do help, and especially with that planetary nebula, about an 8 or 10 inch telescope will really start to pop it out. But if you actually use a UHC or Oxygen 3, you can see this nebula has a lot of blue in it. 
that's an indication that's pretty heavily uh, pretty heavy oxygen three so that'll help pop that out a little bit more uh this little guy however does have some o3 detail in it but it's more red it's also a lot smaller so you'll probably have a lot more challenge trying to see the minkowski uh 1-18 uh nebula and it's tiny um rather than ngc 2438 which is looks like a bubble and the and and m46 uh so yeah there's that right there pretty cool uh set of little and friends a uh, little collection of stuff in there but go ahead and give that a shot that's one of my favorite open clusters it's easy and then if you can pop the planetary out that's even better and if you can get the little guy good for you all right and like Next up is M106. M106 is a very cool galaxy. It's very easy to actually get. It's in Canis Monactis. It's about 25 million light years away from the Earth. Darker skies are really the best medicine for galaxies. Um, a lot of galaxies don't have... Um, they don't have extension um, off of them. There are a handful of them that do. Um, they have like tidal streams and stuff like that, very faint extensions that come off of it. But there's a handful of galaxies as well, a large majority of galaxies that don't have a lot of that faint dust that comes off of them. Um, so it's pretty easy to work with them a little bit more in town. Um, a good light pollution filter like an L Pro or the new Antlia Triband, which is a really cool filter. If you're a one-shot color imager, I would look at the Antlia Triband um and check we might have to do another episode going over multi-band narrowband filters because there's a lot of new ones that have come out we might have to do a dedicated episode on just that type of filter because there's new ones to come out that have come out that are very good for con your consideration um and we'll see with neef if there's some new stuff coming out um but in town there's really not a lot you can do visually with galaxies they're going to look like fuzzies um the darker the skies, obviously, the better. The more aperture you've got, the better. Um, that's really the name of the game is dark skies and aperture for galaxies from a visual take. Uh, imaging, you can do it in town. Um, M106 does have some hydrogen alpha, so you can pop some of it out with narrowband. Um, but really dark skies are going to help, and some little bit of H-alpha detail can help because there is a supermassive black hole inside of this galaxy that's actually whipping up uh, detail in there. So adding a little bit of hydrogen alpha into your M106 shot can help bring out those uh, arms that are actually being whipped up by the black hole in the center of the galaxy. So it's kind of cool. Plus there's a ton of other stuff in this field. There's a ton of galaxies in here. So that's M106. It's probably one of my favorite galaxies just because it's got some really unique detail in it. Uh, but go out, give this one a shot. It's tr just getting to the point where it's really good um, for the season uh, to actually see what you can pull out of it. Um, of course, a really easy one that's nice and fun is the Leo triplet, uh, M65, M66, and NGC3628. Uh, this is in the constellation Leo, thus the name Leo triplet. It's about 35 million light years away. There are three galaxies in here, so they're all at various distances. Um, M65 and M66. Uh, let me pounce over here really quick. There we go. 
Um, M65 and M66 are the easier of the two because they are Messier's. Messier uh, objects tend to be brighter and easier to see. These two are relatively easy to detect. Even in town, you could probably f see them as a faint fuzzy in like an 8 or 10 inch telescope. NGC 3628 is a bit fainter. Um, so you will need to get away from the city lights and get some darker skies to be able to pull out all three of the Leo triplet. Um, but 65 and 66 are fairly easy to, to detect in a moderate telescope. But yeah, the the larger NGC Galaxy 3628 is a little bit more difficult uh, to pick out. Um, little thing on NGC 3628, um, it has a very long uh, tidal stream tail that comes off of it. You cannot see it in this image because this was actually shot in town. It's a very good image from being shot in town as well. But if you're in some very dark skies with either a lot of time or a really good luminance uh, frame for um, a monochrome camera, you can get this really nice delicate tail that comes off of NGC 3628. It actually goes this way. under. It should rope out this way in this direction um, it's very long it's faint it's delicate but it, it's a very cool detail if you can pull it out it's a bit of a challenge but if you're going to be in some dark skies and you're going to pound away on this uh, see if you can pull out the tail of 3628 it's kind of a cool uh, detail to actually get but that's the leo triplet it's a fun one three three galaxies in one frame um Give it a shot, see what detail you can get out of it. There's some very nice detail in 65 and 66. So make sure you don't overexpose it too much. Try to work on um, bringing out some of those really nice uh, structure details in those two and see what you can get. Of course, another uh, collection of galaxies is M81 and M82. These are easy galaxies. Uh, you can see these in town in a 50 millimeter finder um, in an average backyard, a small telescope, like a 70 or 80, you can see them as little smudgies. And of course the bigger the telescope and the darker the skies, the more defined, uh, these actually get. I'm in a 16 inch telescope and some very nice dark skies. Um, M81 looks like M81 in a picture. I mean, you can see the spirals and everything. Um, but it's a very cool collection of galaxies. Um, now, another thing about this one is M82 off to the right here. That's called the Cigar Galaxy. It's going to look like an ex just like a extended uh, gray disc-looking thing in the telescope. But if you're an imager, especially if you have access to a hydrogen alpha filter, try bringing out this uh, really rich detail in the red portion around that galaxy. Um, hydrogen alpha tends to be the filter of choice to pop that detail out. You also pop out some cool stuff in M81 as well with an H alpha filter, but this detail right here is going to pop out in the reds. So try bringing that out and see if you can. Um, it's a very cool structure. And then of course, one of the biggest things in this star field is the integrated flux nebula, which is all this grayish ghostly detail that you see around the galaxies. Um, I've heard of people seeing some of this in exceptionally dark skies when you know exactly what you're looking for. It's extremely difficult to see visually the integrated flux nebula or IFN, um, is what it's abbreviated. Um, 
But with a modern day camera like a 533 or 571 or a 455, any of these modern day cameras, this stuff comes out in no time, especially if you're using speedy little fast optics uh, nowadays. But that uh, integrated flex will pop out. There's actually a lot of it floating around this particular region if you're shooting up an Ursa Major. Um, don't be surprised if you have all this little delicate wisps. And if you are shooting this and you're trying to bring out the IFN, do not clip the blacks when you're processing this. It's very tempting to make the background black, but then you're going to make all this very nice, delicate nebulosity disappear. And that's part of the cool thing about this particular region, if you can get it, um, depending on your location. But that's M81 and M82. Very easy galaxies visually, easy to shoot in town. Um, but that integrated flex nebula is going to be your challenge, uh, there. Um, M63, the sunflower, uh, this was actually shot by Lydia. Uh, Lydia was in the Stella panel. Uh, she's an extremely talented imager and, uh, she's a very, she's a whiz when it comes to pics in sight. Um, but she shot this with some data from our observatory there. And this is in Canis Vinactices. The sunflower is actually pretty cool because it has all this very delicate detail as it spirals in towards the center of the galaxy. Um, and in a decent sky, in a large enough telescope, you can see that structure. Um, it's pretty cool. It's the same with like the black eye galaxy. It looks like a picture um, if you're in the right conditions. So M63, the sunflower, is very easy to catch. It's a good one. Um, it does have some extended nebula or uh, dust um, sitting out there in this little tiny tail uh, right here. So it's a good one to actually go after, but it's not terribly difficult. Um, you can do it in town or dark skies. Clearly, dark skies is the answer to everything um, if you're doing this for astrophotography purposes. But it's a good one. There's some galaxies in the back there. Now, there's a ton of other stuff that we could have been uh, sitting in. Um, so if you want to go out, uh, bring up a star chart, look up all the different galaxies, see what you can get out there. But there's so many different things out there, um, that you can look into. Uh, there's plenty of good, uh, objects to see. Now let's get to totem, uh, target of the month. Uh, now here's the rules for totem. Um, if you have never done it before, uh, this is something that we do monthly here at Skywatcher here in the U.S. and Canada only, unfortunately. Um, so basically, we pick out some kind of elusive target. We ask you to image it, and then you send it in to us. And this is why it's an astrophotography challenge, because we need to know that you actually did it. And then if you meet all the criteria, you get a patch. Um, these patches do have adhesive on the back as well, so you can stick them on stuff. And the patches do change every year. Um some of you probably have a handful of these at this point because you do it every month. Um, so the patch stays the same every year. Um, we did a very limited run of the 2022 when Totem started. Now we're in 2023, so here is the one for the month. Next year is the 25th anniversary of Skywatcher. So 2024 might have a very cool, very unique uh, patch. They're all unique and individual uh, from year to year. But next year's I think will be pretty cool. Um, but that's Totem, target of the month. Um, so for March 2023, uh, we asked you to shoot uh, Hubble's Variable Nebula. Uh, now, the weather has been absolute trash where our observatory has been, so I didn't get a chance to shoot it. 
So this image is from the Hubble Space Telescope, but I expect all the images that were provided look like this. Um, actually, just kidding. Uh, this is a very cool nebula. It does vary um, from time to time. So I've seen people do time lapses of this nebula. It looks pretty cool. You shoot it again in a year or two and compare, and the nebula looks like it changes. Um, so here's some really nice uh, shots that came in from this month. Thank you for everyone who uh, provided uh, these images and uh, who stayed in part um, with the totem. And I hope you enjoyed it. There's some really, this one's really cool. I like the nebulosity in there. I need to actually do that and spend some time bringing out the background um, in there because there is a lot. This is very close to the Cone Nebula. Um, so there's a lot of cool detail in there if you have the ability to mess around with some narrowband filters and trying it out. It's also pretty easy to see visually as well. There's a lot. Uh, it's overlooked because there's so much in this area. Like you said, you have the Cone Nebula, you have the Rosette Nebula, um, you have M42, you have the Horsehead. You have a lot of major nebulas in here, and this one gets overlooked quite a bit, and it's also very small. So there's an, its relation to the Cone Nebula up here. Um, and then it's just sitting down here. Uh, but there is a lot of nebulosity in this region. Um, so you can kind of see some coming out in here. But yeah, all very good uh, submissions. Um, this one's kind of cool as well. It's way over there on the left, though. Um, so thank you for everyone who uh, uh sent in their images this month. Um, I will let you know the patches will probably be delayed until later in the month. We have them. We're just traveling for Neef next week. So we won't be in the office to ship any, but we will get your patches to you. It's just going to probably be a week or two before you start to see them pop up in the mail. Um, but we're going to get that list all put together and then we'll get that all mailed out uh, when we get back from Neef. So just don't send a bunch of emails asking where your patches are. Um, you will get them by the end of the month. Absolutely. For sure. We have them. We're just busy. Um, and no, we won't have them at Neef, uh, to hand out. We'll have a handful to actually show you if you want to see what the totem patches are like and you'll be at Neef. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, you can't walk up to us and get one. So, um, so that brings us to April. Um, and we already have May figured out as well, but I can't tell you that. Uh, so April's challenge is called The Box. So this is NGC 4169, 73, 74, and 75. Uh, this is in Coma Berenices. It's a galaxy cluster of about four galaxies. There's actually more in there, but four galaxies that look like they make a box. Um, this is a fun challenge target visually, too, if you've got dark skies and a larger aperture telescope. Um, this is about 190 million light years. It's out there. It's way out there and it's small um, as are most galaxies. But this is a fun one to go after. Um, I'm curious to see what you guys are going to get out of it. Uh, this shot was taken on full moon night a couple nights ago with a luminance filter. Terrible conditions. And we we're still able to get something out of it. Uh, moving forward, this is how all of our totem images are going to look. They're going to be a black and white example shot um, probably an hour or less of exposure time um, from our remote observatory um, just so you can see what the target is and from there it's up to you guys to take the really pretty pictures um, 
So that's how this is going to be moving forward is we'll give you an example picture. It'll be a very basic shot, nothing too fancy, just stacked and stretched and adjusted a little bit, but it'll just be black and white. And then it's up to you guys to make some really cool shots out of it. Um, but this is your challenge object for this month, the box. Uh, Como Berenices, NGC 41, 69, 73, 74, and 75. Um, looking forward to seeing what you guys get out of it. It's just starting to rise around 8 or 9 o'clock, so you have all night to hit this thing. Um, and I will be very curious to see what you guys get. So uh, some focal length would probably be very helpful on this particular. This is a pretty heavy crop on this too. Uh, we were shooting at 2x2 two two bin at 1,000 millimeters So um, with the ZWO 6200. So this is heavily cropped. Uh, so adding some focal length will be good or cropping in. Um, it's a galaxy cluster. What'd you expect? Uh, but good luck with that. Uh, very cool to see what you guys get. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing what your totem 2024 shots or April 2023 shots are going to be. So good luck with all of that. Um, that pretty much wraps up the month uh, for uh, what's up in the sky. Of course, there's tons of stuff up there. So good luck um, with totem. Uh, get out and do some dark sky viewing. I hope you get some good Lyrid shots um, if you're going out to dark skies to see the meteor shower. Uh, if you like what you see here on the Skywatcher What's Up webcast, please go ahead and uh, hit a like. Um, subscribe to the channel. Let us know we're doing a good job. We're getting very close to 10,000 subscribers. So if you can help us get to that point, that would be awesome. Uh, we really appreciate the effort and letting us know how good we're doing. And that's pretty much it. Uh, we do hope to see some of you at Neath. Please stop by and say hi at Neak or Neath um, or both. Um, come see what we've got new. Come see, bleh, come see the new stuff that we've got. Um, we've also got some cool door prizes that are going to be there um, that you can win. Um, so we're very excited to be there. We're excited to see everybody there again. Uh, please travel safe um, to the event, and we will definitely see you guys next weekend. Um, as far as next Friday, for those of you who are not going to be at NIAC or NEF or you just want to watch it after. We're going to be talking F ratios. Um, this is more of a photographic thing, um, but we're going to go over that. That will be a pre-recorded episode. It will air at the normal time, 10 a.m. Pacific, right here at the Skywatcher USA YouTube channel. It just will not be, uh, it won't be me live. It will be recorded. Um, and then, yeah, so that should be fun. And uh, the week after that, we're actually going to do a NEF overview video which uh will probably also be pre-recorded obviously because we can't do a live walkthrough through neef it's just too big and too much to do uh compared to like aic um like we did that past time um so next friday is understanding f ratios that is a pre-recorded episode so please jump on take a look it airs at 10 a.m pacific next friday um but we hope you enjoyed this uh episode of what's up for the month Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, like I said, uh, those of you who are here in Phoenix, you can come out tomorrow night to the Skyline Regional Park in Buckeye. Come say hi. I've got the 28-inch job as well as like a dozen other telescopes will be out there. It should be awesome. Um, should be some good skies. And then for those of you on the east side of the country, um, we hope to see you guys at Neef and Neak. And please travel safe. Other than that, clear skies. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we will see you next Friday. Take care. Bye.